you know, the days I love best are before the show even starts, I look at the Air Comfort Solutions text line and I say, yep, that's it. Someone already texted in the lead to the show before we're even on the air. So thank you to Gunny of Stutzman's Army. How does anthracite uniforms affect recruiting? Oh, yeah. That's exactly where we were going to go with the opening segment. Some of you love them. Some of you absolutely hate them. And a very small minority of you are saying, I don't care. Whatever. It's a uniform. What do the recruits think of it? And judging by the response on social media, Parker, if it matters at all, uh, it does seem like the commits do like these anthracite uniforms for what it's worth. They do. They have been met with a very positive reception when you're talking about the commits and or targets in the mix for Oklahoma here. So anytime anything like that can be used as a recruiting tool, it's a plus, I suppose. So uh, you, ha- you have to appreciate them for the impact that they have on the youngins, if nothing else. And I am one of those people, Tyler, that's largely indifferent at least until I see them on the field at 11 a.m. Saturday. I'm looking at the photo shoots, and I, sometimes I love them. Sometimes I'm kind of iffy on them. I want to see what they actually look like yeah. when they're in front of my own two eyes. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm kind of just like, you know what? It's a uniform. It is what it is. OU football is OU football. <laughs> yeah, and, and here's the interesting thing. Like These look like uh, a set of uniforms that might look totally different under the lights at night than they would for an 11 a.m. game. Yep. Now, I, I would think that they would probably look a lot cooler at, at, at night. Obviously, that's not going to happen on Saturday. So I, I'm with you. Like This design I like much better than the uh, previous alternate uniforms, but how are they going to look at 11 a.m. on Saturday? That's, uh, that's kind of what we're all waiting on. But really, what matters? Do they win or lose in these things? I- isn't that really how we uh, talk about success with alternate uniforms? Well, yes, because... Did they win or did they lose, and did the recruits lack them? Yeah, well, if they lose Saturday, Tyler, make no mistake, these uniforms will get mothballed forever. They'll go the way of the all-red Rough Riders back in 2017 when Iowa State came to Norman as something like a 24-point underdog and toppled what would be a college football playoff team in Oklahoma. Well, that's in the, uh, the the pro combats in 2009. We never saw anything like that again after that loss to Texas Tech. So is this just a one-time deal with these uniforms? Or are these going to be the alternates moving forward once a year? Well, you know, I don't know if the contract has changed. But the contract, I believe, has said you wear them once at home and once on the road. So do they have a road version of these if they're going to get going to continue moving forward? I don't know if we have that answer yet, Parker, on if these are just a one-time deal, uh, if they're going to continue. Like Maybe it all depends on what happens Saturday if we ever see these things again. Yes, well, and I think that's what it boils down to more than anything else, Tyler, is do you win or do you lose on Saturday? Because here's the thing. On the contrary, if you win in these uniforms, everybody's going to be like, wear those again. Wear them again. Wear them again. I want to see them next week. And obviously, you have what? You have home games with Baylor and Oklahoma State. Those are the only other two home games left on the schedule for OU. But those are arguably the two biggest games and two toughest opponents left on OU's schedule. So there will be people where if Oklahoma wins, if for no other reason than the fact that they're out of this hole and they stop this three-game skid, they're going to be people that are like, I want those anthracites again whenever Baylor comes to town. Yeah, I don't know about Oklahoma State, though, since, you know, OSU's going to, you know, kind of an orange and black school, and these aren't black per se, but they are anthracite. 
I don't, I don't know. Yeah, maybe for Baylor. Maybe if you actually play well on Saturday, so desperate for a win around here, you're right. But I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a hard push to get him to wear him for the Oklahoma State game. But it is a big recruiting weekend. It is a uh, not not because there's a you know 54 stars that are to be in town this weekend, but there is a couple of really important recruits that are to be in town, and a couple of recruits that can really make you feel a lot better about this class. And I say feel a lot better about this class, Parker. I mean, everyone's still kind of reeling a little bit from the David Hicks decision, but you got the number three overall class. It's not like you're sitting outside the top 25. But the point still remains, Tassilia Kana, four-star edge, is going to be here. Caden McDonald, a four-star defensive lineman, is going to be in town. Caden McDonald, 6'3", 310, out of the state of Georgia. Look, and, and we've talked about Caden McDonald before, Parker. He is... He is not David Hicks. Is he no. a really good player? Absolutely he is. But is this the best, and I don't want to call him a backup plan, but is this maybe the next best thing from David Hicks? I, I think you could make a case with Caden McDonald that that is the case if you're able to land his commitment. Yeah, I think it's probably either Caden McDonald or Marcus Deal. And Marcus Deal has been one giant enigma in terms of where the uh, – where the winds are blowing in that recruitment. But with Caden McDonald, I'll, I'll acknowledge it, Tyler. I've just – something's held me back from ever really touting Oklahoma as a lead contender for Caden McDonald. And, I listen, people are going to hear this comparison made, and they're going to flip their lid. I need you to understand I'm only making this comparison at surface uh, level. Uh it reminds Uh-oh. me a little bit of Tristan Lee. Not in the sense that Oh he, no. Yeah, not in the sense uh, that he's lying to everybody uh, about everything, but in the sense that he's very close with his mom, he's kind of a homebody. At the end of it all, he's going to end up staying a lot closer to home in Sewanee, Georgia. So that's kind of where I stand. So he's not already committed to Clemson and just not telling it anybody right now. That's uh, not I, what's going on here. I do like not Tristan believe Lee. at this time he is committed <laughs> to Clemson, not telling anyone. Oh no! You know what? I didn't think about it till you said that. But Tristan Lee is one of those names that I think triggers a lot of OU fans, as it should. And if I thought about it really hard, I guess I guess I I would have uh, come across that. But you said Tristan Lee. And I know I felt it, and a lot of other listeners out there who are big recruiting fans went, oh, oh, yeah, Tristan Lee. I, I know exactly where he's going with this one. What's he, uh, so, okay. what's he doing yeah, well, these days out at Clemson? Not. Is he playing at all? Do we know? I have no idea if he's playing. I have no – wasn't their offensive line pretty bad last year? And are they playing a little bit better this year? I think that they might be, but – I have no idea what Tristan Lee's doing. But I do know that Clemson's got a uh, tough game in the Doke on Saturday against a Florida State team that has the polls for the first time in about five or six years. See, look at the text line. Never bring up up traitor Tristan Lee. Okay, that's understandable. That's understandable. Somebody, hey, the Tarber hive is alive and well on the text line. Somebody said Alton Tarber will be better than Hicks. Um. Oh, hey, I, I, I hope you're right about that. They've sent that text multiple times, by oh, the really? way. I think <laughs> OU fans can, yeah. They, they've sent it about five or six consecutive times throughout the day today. Actually, not today, just uh, five or six consecutive times to since we've been on the air. I hope that's the case. But, I, I mean, I think DJ Hicks is probably going to be a really, really good player. But may he be like uh, 
many of the other players at Texas A&M where it sounds like there's going to be a whole lot of uh, players walking out the door at season's end. Who knows? That it's, sounds like it could be the case in College Station. It's a definite possibility. And if one of those individuals is perhaps the likes of Gabriel Brown-Lodindy or perhaps LT Overton, uh, things at that point get kind of juicy as far as Oklahoma's concerned. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. There's a lot of... A lot of ball left to be played between now and then. Uh, Peyton on the text line says, the loss doesn't matter much for these, but if we win, then we'll be ready to wear them again. Ha ha. It's kind of what Parker was uh, joking about earlier. Might see this team uh, just wear them against Baylor. You need any any good vibes right now. And I don't know if these uniforms are going to bring them or not, but I, I just need a win at this point. Uh, do most in the stands even notice a uniform change? So I actually don't, and I was telling this to Travis yesterday, uh, Parker, is, you know, I, I've been known to uh, a little bit when we're talking about the Rough Riders all week long, but once the game starts, I hardly ever notice that they're wearing the alternates, and I feel like that's going to be the case on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you, it's something you think about in warm-ups, and then that's probably, I will say, uh as I mentioned yesterday, pour one out for Toby Rowland because his job's going to be difficult this weekend. Oh my <laughs> Those gosh, are not going to be super hey, – with everybody wearing unity on the back of their jerseys, with the red numbers against the anthracite backdrop, it's going to be very difficult to tell those players from one another. Well, yeah, it'd be different too, though, if OU's been playing with you know, the same 11 on both sides of the ball – and their plan was to play with kind of what got him here up to this point. But we're talking about a possible youth movement on defense on Saturday, Parker. We may be seeing guys that we've seen sparingly all year long get big-time snaps on Saturday. So he's really going to have to go down the roster and remember everyone's name and number on Saturday because I, I do think that there's a scenario here where some of these young backers especially – that we haven't seen much of this year, some of these young secondary players, maybe we see more of these guys on, on Saturday than we have all year long. By the way, uh, Patrick says uh, Tristan Lee played 10 snaps against Georgia Tech, four snaps against Furman, and 13 snaps against Louisiana Tech. So there's your answer. Okay, so he's a garbage time player. On an offensive line that was not very good last year. I guess that's his status right now. Um, by the way, and, and I heard you talking about this earlier, some rumors out there or rumor out there that A&M is uh, trying to get in, trying to make a push here on Jackson Arnold. And I know that you've got some intel on that situation, but let, let me just say this, Parker. Um, the recruit that I'm least worried about decommitting from this class, and I'm not saying that they're not going to have any decommitments in this class by the time it's all said and done, but if I had to rank the recruits that I'm least worried about in the 2023 class, Jackson Arnold would be absolutely that. I, I, I am not worried about Jackson Arnold decommitting whatsoever. Whether it's A&M or whoever wants to try to get it, like, th this has been decided for a long time. He's been one of OU's best, uh, best recruiters, and, and I'm sure that that, uh, that, that, uh, that uh, rumor is on the message boards and on social media. I, I don't worry about Jackson Arnold. He'll be at OU next year. Yeah, I consider well. it a done deal. And I think, though, realistically, the one you're least worried about is Eric McCarty. But yes, Jackson Arnold is very much in that conversation as well. He's all in with OU, and I I don't see a scenario in which that would change. And look, 
Then again, it's the NIL age, money talks, I get it. But it's not the first time A&M has tried to ramp up contact with Jackson Arnold, and he's just never been about it. I don't see any reason why that would change. It does bear the question, though, and it's surprising to no one if A&M is doing this with Jackson Arnold, who's been committed for several months to OU, like, obviously they feel like they need a big-time quarterback in this class, and they do. They, they definitely do. Um, who else are they trying to poach? We, we've heard the rumors about Malachi Nelson, right? He took a visit to College Station during the summer. I just wonder who else A&M is trying to, you know, talk to that's committed and trying to throw a lot of money at him because there's not, like, really anyone left on the board at quarterback that's uncommitted at this point. That That is, you know – thought of as highly of Jackson Arnold or even remotely close to that. So I'm sure A&M's trying to poach around two committed quarterbacks to try to get a flip late. Yeah, and they, they will. Look, they have Connor Wegman on campus right now. He's a true freshman. He's going to be a fantastic football player. It's not a make-or-break year for them in terms of acquiring a quarterback. But you look at a situation like Oklahoma had with Muleshoe towards the end of his tenure where you're taking one every two years and all of a sudden you only have two scholarship quarterbacks on the roster. Given the issues that Texas A&M has had over the last couple of years in terms of simply keeping quarterbacks healthy and on the field, whether that's that's been Max Johnson or Haynes King or freaking Blake Boast, right? Uh, you would like to have some depth there. And I'm sure that with as much money as there is to throw around down there in College Station, A&M probably figures, hey, you know what? If we're going to go for depth, let's swing for the fences and see what we can come up with. Yeah, we'll talk more about this uh, recruiting weekend coming up for the Sooners. And, hey, if anyone over at OU is listening that's in the recruiting department and they want some tips on this weekend, come over here to the uh, Sooner Station at University North Park where the grand opening Royal Ball is. I am, uh, I'm inside the town tavern here, and there's OU memorabilia like all over the walls. It's sweet. But what they have right when you walk in is an ice sculpture, Parker Thune. An ice sculpture. That impresses everyone, man. You want to impress the recruits that are in town this weekend? You want to impress Caden McDonald and Cecilia Kana and Derek LeBlanc, who's committed? Have that giant ice sculpture when you walk in. Have that giant ice sculpture. It's pretty cool. Suter Station. Uh, dot com for more information. We're here from the grand opening Royal Ball. More to come up next. It's uh, it's locked in right here on the ref for the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. I'm at Sooner Station today, right here in Norman, University North Park area, 2803 24th Avenue Northwest. For more information, check out SoonerStation.com. But they're a proud sponsor of the OU Alumni Association, and I can tell because I'm back here in the town tavern, and I see a picture of the Boz. I see the Tulsa World front page where OU won the national championship in uh, the year 2000. It's technically 2001 before the text line corrects me. But the two te- 2000 season where Bob is uh, hoisting the crystal ball. They got like a r- lot of cool memorabilia here at Sooner Station. Check them out, SoonerStation.com. 
uh, com. Uh, again, 405-651-3439 if you want to hit us up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. They're listening today, Parker, in Playa del Carmen, Clarkston, Georgia, Medfield, Massachusetts, St. Francis, Kansas, Seattle, Washington, Cave Creek, Arizona, and our small town of the day is Choteau, Oklahoma. Have you ever heard, or can you tell me, where Choteau, Oklahoma is I can located? I can tell you where Poto, Oklahoma is, but not Choteau. Where is it? Just east, just east of Tulsa. You may just be able to go uh, just straight uh, highway all the way to Showtime. Gotcha. Hey, Streams. Tyler, uh, Doug so. and Norman text for you. Tyler, twice in the last five minutes, you used the word poach when referring to Texas A&M trying to talk to Jackson Arnold as if there was something wrong with that. Yet it's perfectly okay for OU to try and get Bowen or Yates to decommit and flip. Keep up the hypocrisy. You do it well. <laughs> uh, good to hear from you, Doug and Norman. I haven't seen you in a couple weeks, but I do appreciate you bringing by those diapers for the diaper drive that we had a couple weeks ago. Um, I, I don't think that there's much hypocrisy going on here. OU is not trying to funnel uh, a massive NIL deal or probably millions of dollars to flip Peyton Bowen or Ryan Yates. In fact, Peyton Bowen's been coming up to Norman on his own dime several times. But how do we think that A&M is trying to get to Jackson Arnold? Their quarterback pedigree? Nah. Uh, Jimbo Fisher's pedigree? Mm, not so much. I think we know exactly what's going on here, Parker. Yeah, and look, A&M's no- trying to get to Jackson Arnold the way they get to everyone else. It's NIL. Well, and I don't think anybody's asserting that there's something morally or ethically wrong with A&M trying to pursue a flip from Jackson Arnold. I don't think that's what Tyler was getting at. It just, well, it is what it is. Until you put pen to paper, schools are going to reach out and contact you. Now, I will say this, the difference between the Arnold situation and the Bowen slash Yates situation is that Arnold hasn't been receptive to the advances of any other school. Uh, Bowen and Yates very much have been. So, uh, looks right now as if there's a far greater likelihood that Bowen and or Yates ends up a sooner than Arnold ends up and anything else. Uh, by the way, we got a content idea during this past break, Parker. Oh what do we got? Uh, there was a Texas. There is a Texas. Well, there's a Texas fan here, but he's wearing an OU shirt, oh. and he told us we should talk about Eli Eli Manning's uh, nephew, uh, Arch. He said we should talk about that sometime. So, I, I, so hold, hold I up, hold up. Did he did he refer to Arch as Eli Manning's nephew? Because like, it, I would I would just refer uh-huh, to Arch yeah. as Arch, or I would refer to yep. him as yep. Peyton's nephew, or I would refer to him as right. Archie's grandson. <laughs> before I would ever refer to him as Eli's nephew. I thought the exact same thing, and that's why it threw me off at first. I'm like, who is he? Uh, Arch, yeah, he's. I think he's talking about Arch. So j- just a, just an idea, just a content idea if we want to kick it around since we've never done that before. Never talked about Arch. Uh, Actually, oddly enough, I had uh, Arch on the rundown sheet today. Really? Why is that? I, I guess oh, the, the Vosick thing. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, it's a full court press on Colton Vosick down there at UT and uh, the commits they have, including Arch Manning. Mm, I hear uh, Tyler. We're not going to get away from this ever. Like we're going to have to talk about Colton Vosick every single day until December, because people are going to keep asking and they're going to keep speculating. Yes, Colton Vosick reposted an Instagram post from Arch Manning, and I instantly had somebody 
send that to me and be like, he's gone. No, he's not gone. Oh, no. Like, oh, no. Uh, people were convinced he was going to decommit after the Kansas State game. They were convinced he was going to decommit after the TCU game. They were all the more convinced he was going to decommit after the Texas game. Guess what, folks? He hasn't decommitted yet. Doesn't have plans to decommit as far as anybody knows. And look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there is a 100% chance that Vosick puts pen to paper for Oklahoma on signing day. But what I am telling you right now is that you need to chill. Everything's okay in that regard for the moment. Yeah. Yeah, he is a high school senior, and if Arch Manning tagged me in something, would I repost it? Probably so. Probably so, to be completely honest with you. He's a high school senior. Arch Manning just tagged him in something. Yeah, he's probably going to repost it. Just don't let it ruin your day, okay? If a senior uh, high school football player in Austin, Texas, repost something that Arch Manning or a Texas fan like tags him in. Well, it kind of feels like he shares everything that he's tagged uh, in. So couple, it's all good, guys. A couple on. great points on the text line. One listener says, didn't Vosick post a picture with Arch the day before committing to OU? Yeah, that happened. Also, Peyton says, yes. I like how they ignored the four pictures before that that he posted in an OU uniform. <laughs> right. <laughs> Another listener added, Doug and Norman <sighs> probably stands in the produce aisle and critiques other people's choices. I will say this about Doug. He brought us a fantastic lunch about a month ago. And like I said earlier, during the diaper drive, which uh, was the day that David Hicks ended up picking A&M over OU, Doug stopped by and donated some diapers. So he, he's got some takes and some opinions on the text line. That's fine. But Doug is he, he's a he's a good guy. I, I can vouch for that. He's, he's a good dude. But he, he likes to give us the business from time to time. There's no doubt about that. He likes to call us out. And that's okay. That's fine. I can handle it. Love you, Doug. Uh, maybe this Hayes Fawcett tweet is still bothering everyone, Parker. Because when he said flip season, OU fans automatically thought, oh, God, he's talking about half our recruiting class. That's what he's referencing. Maybe people are still triggered by that and just waiting for a decommitment at this point. It's almost like people want him to decommit. Like, it's almost like they're not going to rest until he does decommit. They're not going to quit blowing up the text line until Vasek flips to Texas. Listen, I, 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 I don't know what we can do at this point to assuage all the Warriors out there. But Colton Vosick is locked in with Oklahoma as of right now. Will that change? It might. Again, I'm not going to sit here and say with 100% certainty that nothing is going to change in Colton Vosick's recruitment between now and signing day. But as of right now, there is not anything to worry about. Uh one listener says, White Buffalo, please remove the curse with sage smoke. Buy at Tribes Norman or Pottawatomie store in Shawnee from the 941 by something. way of the 405. Mm. I mean, it, it, it's, it's time, Parker, um, because Let's it's see been what blamed for the past three losses. But I – well, and I had that take earlier this week, but I, I'm really I'm, – I'm starting to get more and more nervous as the week goes on. We, we might need to do something. And the grounds crew told us not to drive the White Buffalo on the field as a victory celebration after the game, and I will respect their wishes, but we're, we're going to have to do some sort of a ceremony Friday night before we get this thing kicked off. It's concerning, the amount of bad things that have happened consistently since you bought this car. 
listen, I I would not be opposed to ditching the car in favor of another one of equal value if it is determined that the White Buffalo is the hex on the Sooners season. I want to see what happens this weekend against Kansas because, you know, alternate uniforms, homecoming weekend, maybe the vibes change, maybe it isn't all on the White Buffalo, but if they lose again, I think we're going to have no choice but to conclude that the White Buffalo is what has doomed the Sooners in the year of our Lord 2022. Yeah, going to have to uh, get a new ride before the mood of the SEC. Uh, a couple more before we hit a break. From the 417, any response to the rumor that Ohio State personnel, not sure on what role they play, coaching, recruiting, etc., saying that the Mannings have paid recruiting services to keep Arch at number one? Oh, I have not heard that rumor, but uh, come on. Surely that's not true. Yeah, I, I don't There's know. There's no way that's true. I don't know why they would. Like Arch has been getting scouted and recruited since like sixth grade. Why does he need to be number one in their eyes? Why do they care? He's got his ticket to college punched. I I, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I, I don't buy that. It's a fun conspiracy theory to speculate yeah. about, but I'm I I am not subscribing to that belief. I I I don't think I, I don't think the Mannings would do that and. You know, maybe the Mannings aren't uh, – maybe they do a little bit more shady things than most people want to realize. I don't know, but I don't think that they're going to pay recruiting services to keep uh, their kid at number one overall. But if they were, how much money do you think that would cost? Would that be uh, over or under $4 million to 24-7 rivals on three in, or in uh, ESPN? I don't know. The Mannings have got to have a lot of money, know though. What the number is. They've got to have a lot of money between them all. So, I like – I don't question that they could find the right price to be able to make that happen, but I just, it does, it seems pointless. It seems pointless. Seems very pointless. Uh, one more. Reuben Bain Smoke. I think he dropped the top six yesterday. Am I right? And, and OU was on that. But then I saw a crystal ball drop for him today, and it was to Auburn. So what, what's the latest on this Reuben Bain situation? Uh,. It, it, how do I put it delicately? I think wherever he goes, he's going to be going for the bag. And that doesn't feel oh, okay. like Oklahoma hmm. right now. Well, then Auburn makes a whole lot more sense if that's the case, because I'm thinking, why? You, you really? Uh, you're, about to, you're about to have a new head coach out there on the plains in Auburn. And uh, crystal balls just dropped for them? Okay, it's a little bit interesting. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to that. We'll get to more recruiting and really start to gauge how we feel about this game on Saturday against the Kansas Jayhawks. OU still listed as a nine-point favorite. I'm at Sooner Station right here in Norman, 2803 24th Avenue Northwest. Check out, check them out, SoonerStation.com for more information. More to come next right here on The Ref. Keep it locked on the home of Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. I'm at Sooner Station today, independent and assisted living. They have it right here in this facility. 
is incredible. Seriously, uh, it's it's awesome. It's telling you about the town tavern where I'm at today with all of the OU memorabilia on the wall. They've got like a like uh, they got a wall reserved for all the national championships that have been won at OU. So it's just. It's like an OU fan cave in here, essentially. That's where I'm hanging out today. Sooner Station in Norman, 2803 24th Avenue. Uh, Soonerstation.com for more information. But you're going to be really, really impressed uh, once you check out everything that Sooner Station has to offer. All right, been talking a lot about this recruiting weekend. Two four-stars in town for the 2023 class to Celia Akana and Caden McDonald. At least two four-star players that are uncommitted. Derek LeBlanc is also a four-star will also be in town, but he is committed to the Sooners. Let, let's focus a little bit on Cecilia Kana because he is he's a guy that we've been talking about for several months now, Parker. Four-star edge out of the state of Utah, number one player in the state of Utah. And it's just felt like for several months when we've talked about them or talked about him that we've probably given off the vibe that OU is the leader. Now, I felt a lot better about that in July or even August than I do now. Um, I still feel like OU is in really good shape here, but would you consider OU the leader as it sits today for Cecilia Connor? Yes, I would. Yes, I would. And I think there's plenty that's contingent upon his experience on the official visit this weekend. I know for a fact that the family really likes Oklahoma, and I know for a fact that Brent Venables has been personally working the angles and working the lines on the Cecilia Connor recruitment. So, look, I, it's never been a slam dunk for Oklahoma, but there's always been plenty of reason for OU to feel really good about where things sit with Akana. So we'll see what happens this weekend. I think after this, his only other scheduled official at the moment is to Texas A&M on November 4th. Uh, so, again, maybe we're not especially close to the finish line here. But I have gotten the sense for quite a while now that if OU were to just blow to Celia Akana away one weekend that he makes it to Norman, uh, they could close on him pretty quickly. So uh, we'll see what the weekend brings in that capacity. Caden McDonald mentioned him uh, from the state of Georgia, going to be in town. Was this a visit that was always scheduled, or was this a ske- was this a visit that was more recently scheduled? Because you're just kind of – you know, I, I, we could all tell your tone, you know, last segment of, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of believe it when I see it with this guy. Has this always been a visit that's been scheduled, or was this more recent? Like, uh, th- how, how should we view this visit weekend for Caden McDonald? Yeah, so this visit's been on the schedule for a minute. Um, I'm trying to think how long it's been since this officially um, – I think it was scheduled in mid-September, if I'm not mistaken, early mid-September. So it's been on the counter a minute. But, again, I've I've always kind of been apprehensive about Oklahoma and Caden McDonald due in large part to the distance and due in large part to the fact that there were several instances over the summer where he was supposed to be at Oklahoma for a visit and didn't end up making it. And so, you know, the old adage, actions speak louder than words. Uh, the fact that he didn't get to campus on several of those occasions uh, kind of heightened my uh, antenna, I guess, in that capacity. So uh, we'll see, man. I know Florida feels really good about McDonald. I know Clemson feels really good about McDonald. And I know Michigan has made quite the surge as of late as well. So this is not going to be a recruitment that OU prevails in easily. And I think it is wholly contingent 
upon the official visit experience this weekend. They really got to hit it out of the park with this kid in my evaluation if they want to stand a chance of signing him. Has anyone decommitted from the upcoming class as someone in the 405? I mean, not since the the three-game skid that this team is on. The last guy to decommit from this class is Ashton. Is it Ashton Cozart? Yeah. Has he been the only one? Ashton Cozart. There you go. Yeah. Um, I, he's the only one post. Well, no, him and DeAndre Moore are the only ones of the Venables era that have decommitted. And in DeAndre so, you know, Moore's case, there, right? Was yeah. In DeAndre Moore's case, it was more, hey, we're we're just going to move on. So, uh, if you're talking about legit decommitments. Uh, it's really just Ashton Cozart, and that was really only because he messed around and found out as far as Venable's visit policy. Yeah. Brian in Tulsa says, with the alternate uniforms on Saturday, is the field going to stay the same, or will there also be a different scheme to go along with the Unity uniforms like Cincinnati did with the all-whites that one night and put white on the field? To my knowledge, um, there's not going to be any change to the field. Um, I, I have not heard that whatsoever. Could there be something unity wise on the field? I mean, maybe I, I think the field's going to stay as is like it looks for every home conference game though. Jason fairs, where are you at? Let us know. That's the man. Yeah. Let us know. Anthracite end zones. Could you get down with that? How, uh, how do you think that would uh, look uh, at 11 a.m.? I don't I don't know about anthracite end zones. I'm trying to picture in my head what those would look like. Like, would you do red lettering? Would you do white lettering? <laughs> right. I just, yeah, I, I don't love that concept, at least in my mind's eye right now. Can you find anthracite paint somewhere to, to paint the end zone that color? Is, is that something that they could do? I, I have no idea. Again, that's another question for Jason and the grounds crew. I have no idea if you can find anthracite paint somewhere. But I'm, hey, if you can, uh, maybe so. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Jason Fairs and his crew have every color of paint imaginable at their disposal. So anthracite wouldn't be an issue if they wanted to go that route. I, I am curious, though, because maybe it's maybe it's not a differently painted end zone. Maybe it's a logo at the 25. Like you think about the spring game honoring Baker. They did something in that regard, in that vein. So I don't know. I wish I had an answer, but I'm not the one with those answers. By the way, uh, we got some good football on tonight. You got an NFL game on tonight, which it's probably going to stink. You do have college football. We got a Big 12 game tonight. Baylor at West Virginia tonight at 6 p.m. That is a big game for the Baylor Bears if they want to stay in the Big 12 conference race. They're going to have to go out to Morgantown and win that game. That could be a tough game for uh, Dave Aranda's group. But we also got high school football on tonight. Uh, right, KRefSports.tv again krefsports.tv we've got westmore and enid we've got norman high and santa fe edmund santa fe and norman north and southmore so we got three games tonight we've got uh, a bunch of other games coming up on friday night on krefsports.tv but uh, norman high edmund santa fe norman north southmore and westmore and enid all of those are going to be good football games Jacoby Johnson, I think, maybe plays tonight. Does Mustang play Union maybe on this yes, Thursday? Yes, yes, you're Which, correct. Which, by the way, did we ever did we ever find his car? Is, is did, did that ever happen? I never heard an update on that. Was that the same weekend I bought the White Buffalo? Maybe that's the real hex. Jacoby Johnson's car disappeared, oh and gosh. that's how this all spiraled out of control. But, no, to my knowledge, I don't think we ever found Jacoby's car. Hmm. 
Well, um, I hope the trail has not gone cold on Jacoby Johnson's car. Because didn't his car get stolen at his high school football game? Yes. Is that the story? Yes, that is the story. Oh, my gosh. People suck. Sorry, Jacoby, that that happened to you. And I'm hope that, I hope that you're dealing with it the best you can. Also, congrats on uh, being a top top 100 player uh, nationally, uh, 24-7 sports rankings. All right, we got one final segment coming up next right here on Locked In. Keep it locked on the ref. We are the homeless Sooner fans. Elite Roofing Systems, bringing you the sour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the Homeless Sooner fans. Elite Roofing Systems, they're servicing all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Let Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing put over three decades of experience to work for you. EliteRoofOK.com or 405-361-3094. That's their Oklahoma City office. Tulsa Elite Roofing Systems is here to serve you as well. 918 984 5475. Again, that's Elite Roofing Systems, eliteroofok.com. Now, Ruben Bain is in OU's top six. You said earlier today that could be a bag type of situation there. Is there anyone left of note in this 23 class that we haven't talked a lot about, Parker, but, you know, maybe a surprise could be coming these past couple months? Like a name that we haven't talked a lot about but a highly rated player, someone that maybe we need to keep our eye on as December gets closer and closer. Is there any one of notes that we should bring up? <sighs> I Nobody really stands out, Tyler. And look, it would not be out of the norm for Venables to go and pull somebody at the very end of the cycle that nobody sees coming. But as far as names that I could throw out there right now, I guess Bain's – again, I'm not super high on OU's chances with Ruben Bain, but if there were going to be a curveball, I guess that would be the most likely one, just looking at what the board looks like right now for OU. I I don't know, man. It, it all seems pretty cut and dried, and maybe a decommitment or two opens the window a little bit more for a couple late additions to this class, but – as of right now, man, I think you focus on Peyton Bowen, Ryan Yates, Tecilia Kana, and Caden McDonald. And if those are the guys you end up with and you got a class of 26, that's a pretty dang good class of 26. Anything on top of that is gravy. Yeah, how, how's everyone feeling? We're, uh, we're Thursday afternoon now. Uh, the game on Saturday, it, it's felt like a long week. I know, trust me. But we're getting close to Saturday. Anyone feeling good about OU winning this football game? All of it is contingent on Dylan Gabriel playing, I know. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like there's a little optimism from the fan base that OU's going to win on Saturday, but do, do you think I have the right feel there, or do you think I'm uh, getting the wrong read? No, I think, it, look, when Vegas came out with that line on Sunday at OU minus eight or whatever, there were a lot of people that looked at that line with their head cocked to the side and were like, what now? Oklahoma's favored by that much then as we've gotten deeper into the week it started to make a lot more sense because we're trending in the direction of Dylan Gabriel playing and Jalen Daniels not playing so generally Vegas is pretty spot on with stuff 
That's why they clean everybody out on a regular basis. That's why they take money from so many sports bettors all across the country, including you, Tyler McComas, because uh, unfortunately we are twenty five bucks down. Yeah, we are more and more trending in the direction of that uh, OU win total over USC bet not paying off. So. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel good about yeah. Oklahoma's odds to get back on track this weekend. I'm going to pick them to win this game tomorrow uh, whenever I officially put my game prediction out on OUinsider.com. So I think they get back on track, and I think they build some positive momentum heading into the bye week where they will get a much-needed opportunity to rest and recuperate. Boomer Doomer Kendall says not feeling good. Uh, 918 you hey, blowouts. What, wasn't Kendall the same person <laughs> that was saying OU's going to go 12-0 and 0 in preseason? Yeah, now it's like he – I don't know. I, 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 it's not good right now, so I guess you can't hate on it too much, but he is uh, very much in the camp of the Boomer Doomers here recently. KU blowouts is someone from the 918. Uh, another one from the 918 says OU by 17. LaDonna from Lubbock says, I'm feeling like I need to live in Norman with my people and not these Red Raiders. Now let's beat Kansas. Yeah, uh, LaDonna, that's going to be interesting. Thanksgiving weekend, final game of the regular season, when uh, OU rolls down to Lubbock to play a Tech team that Matt Wells already said, he already called it before the year, we're going to beat OU and we're going to knock down the end zone. So Matt Wells is already saying that uh, his tech team's going to beat OU at the end of the year. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm with you. You're not talking about Matt Wells. Matt Wells is on staff at OU right now. You're talking about uh, Joey McGuire, right? I get that confused all the time. I'm talking about Joey McGuire. I I can't get over that Matt Wells is not (laughs) the head coach at Texas Tech anymore. He is on staff. Yes, that is correct. That is accurate. All right, uh, appreciate all the uh, text and interaction as always. The, uh, the, the rush is coming up next. By the way, uh, continue to check out Sooner Station, SoonerStation.com, independent and assisted living facility right here in Norman, 2803 24th Avenue, Northwest, University North Park area, and they are a proud sponsor of the OU Alumni Association. The rush is coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref.